Hello, and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Today's topic is gifts to my future self. And as you can see from the little poster, uh, it says, do something today that your future self will thank you for. So that's what we're getting into today. So let's get into what gifts are we experiencing right now? What are some of the gifts that you're receiving right now from your past self? And what do you want to thank yourself for doing? Any choices that you made in your past that have positively affected your life? Let's take a look at those. Um, so what about you, Toby? Did you have anything that you could look back in your past and thank yourself for doing? Well, lots of them. I mean, there are lots of things that I can look back now and... Uh, and be thankful that I made those. So you say doing. I think it's choices, right? Mm-hmm. So it's making choices. Right. Everything's a choice. The, 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 the behavior you're after is what choices did you make that you can go back and thank yourself uh, for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so up until the time, up until the time I joined the military, I was still, I, I wasn't necessarily making choices for myself, you know. Uh, my my parents chose where I went to school, whether or not I went to seminary, whether or not I went to college. Well, not really because I had a scholarship. But uh, f- for the most part, up until I joined the military, um, my parents were making my decisions for me, mm-hmm. which is not unusual. Mm-hmm. Right? You make some decisions on your own. I want to play football. I want to join the tennis team. I want to take trigonometry, you know, those kinds of minor things that you, mm-hmm. you choose. And uh, the neat thing about that is it gives you the experience of making your own choices, right? Leaving the seminary was my choice. Um, my, my mother wasn't very happy about it, but it was choice. But up until the military, there were, you know, 90% of the decisions that were made in my life were made by somebody else. The decision to go into the military is my choice, my decision. Uh, and I knew there were going to be people, especially my mother, who weren't happy with it. Um, but I wanted to do it for a broad variety of reasons that I probably don't know, um, need to go into now. But that choice was probably the one that affected in a positive way the rest of my life. That one choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are others that, mm-hmm. you know, when I made a decision to, to start my own business... Uh, when I just made a decision to hire a financial advisor, <laughs> like, right. you know, right. uh, so some of those decisions, but I would say the key one was the first one, mm-hmm. the one that said, I mean, I guess you'd say leaving seminary might have been a good choice because it kind of put you in place. But I was still, even after that, uh, after a couple of months of, you know, debating the, the choice with my, my mother, um, I really, you know, then I was sent off to boarding school and, you know. Um, so I would say that was the key one, mm-hmm. choice to join the military. I know it sounds crazy because I left college to do it. I left my senior year of school to do it. Um, but I can go back to that moment, to that choice, and say that influenced in a very positive way the rest of my life. Very good. And you? 
Well, I think the choice to marry Kevin uh, was was uh, that big choice mm-hmm. that I made that affected the rest of my life and still does today. Um, and then I think there are a lot of small commitments, you know, uh, because the reason we're still together is we choose every day to continue that marriage. Mm-hmm. We continue to love each other and to support each other and to be a family. Those are daily choices uh, that af- affect us on into the future. Uh, there are also daily choices of um, today I'm going to eat healthy, today I'm not going to overeat or overdrink, today I'm going to spend time learning and expanding my mind instead of watching television or uh, vegging out, you know, with a game of some kind. Uh, I think all of these minor choices build up over time into, you know, a lifestyle that is a gift to our future. Uh, well, and the other thing too is once you start making choices and you're seeing positive results because a lot of choices require taking a risk. And you've heard me say in the past that risk takers fail more often than they succeed, but they never stop taking risks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that first decision, the one, the big risk, in your case, Mary Kevin, uh, my, in my case, join the military, uh, paid off, you know, it, it paid off over the long run. Mm -hmm. It was kind of the primary influence for the rest of our lives. And you're right, we're making decisions every day that we hope will affect us at some time in the future, whether the future happens to be tomorrow, next week, next month, or 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I want to go back to the most recent one, I feel like the decision uh, to stop living in an apartment and buy a house at the age of 70, you know, I'm I'm either going to regret that in... (laughs) when I finish paying off this mortgage or not. But, uh, but uh, you, you've got to take those risks. You've got to make those decisions. And for me, it was, it was a lot of things for that particular decision that included uh, financial reasons. I, I, I knew I was going to save money as a result. I knew I was going to make an investment as a result. You don't make an investment in an apartment. Um, and uh, I knew that I would have a safe place to stay. Not that, that my apartment wasn't safe, but this is you know like a different level uh, out here. And uh, so you're right. You're constantly making those decisions that you hope you can look back upon. And uh, I like your mind. What do you want to thank yourself for? Mm-hmm. You know? um, if I were to write a letter to myself that was opened up that I, that Mike, because I was known as Mike back mm-hmm. then, I wasn't a Toby. I, didn't, I wasn't a Toby until, until, until you joined, joined the military. military. <laughs> so, um, so I, if I wrote a letter that Mike would be opening on December 9th, which is the day I made the decision and went the following day to enlist, um, I would say, uh, you know, finishing out college, going back home for the summer, um, working in a law firm and coming back to go to law school is the safe choice. Um, doing something else is risky. And the something else you ought to do is join the military. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to have seen that letter just to see what I would have done with it because I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the choice to join the military was. It was, it was December 9th. December 10th, we were going to be let go from school for our uh, Christmas break. Right. And I had this vision of going back to Santa Fe and dealing with Santa Fe, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, that, and, and uh, on December 9th, I said to myself, I'm going to join the military. And there was, no, there was no internet back then to check this all out. I had to take the bus from the school down to 5th Street, 5th 
you know, Central and Fifth, where the uh, recruiting thing was. Mm -hmm. And of course, those guys were happy to see anybody, any, and I mean literally body, mm -hmm. uh, because we were right in the middle of the Vietnam War and they were right. all recruiting. And uh, the circumstances were, I went to the Marines, but they were closed for lunch. I went to the Air Force, they were full. I went to the Navy, and they had their, uh, they had cut off their uh, recruitment for the, the, you know, things. So the last choice was the Army. And that guy greeted me like I was a long-lost brother. You know, <laughs> sure. How much time? Well, the fewer they had to draft, yeah. the better, because yeah. being drafted meant you did not want to be there. Where you didn't make those choices. That's right. You would have a better attitude coming right. into it. So, of course, they would want to. Yeah. Yeah. Work with you. And then sometime during there, I told you about that, um, that command sergeant major that was the youngest command sergeant major in the Army. And, uh, I happened to be cleaning his office. And um, I had the courage. And, and at that time, it took courage to address a command sergeant major because there is no higher enlisted rank in the service. <coughs> and I said, Sergeant Major, do you mind if I ask you uh, how you managed to make S Sergeant Major at such a young age? Because I thought there was some big insight Mm -hmm. that sure. he, he could give me, you know, that I could take f further in my career. Uh, because at that time, there was a time at which I considered that the military was going to be my lifelong career, mm. you know. Uh, and he didn't even look up from his desk. He put his pen down and um, thought for just a second. He said, I took every, and I'm not going to use the word that he used, <laughs> uh, I took every terrible job that nobody else wanted. And honestly, it, it, and not having a father at that time, that was probably the best advice anybody could have given me at that point because that's, that's that whole risk-taking thing. Well, that's, that's how we, in the past, have achieved the American dream is yeah. by doing whatever it took, taking whatever job right. was available and working at it like it was the job you wanted all your life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pr yeah. proving yourself in it and working your way up from there. Yeah. And I, I think people have kind of forgotten that, but it works. So it's good advice. Um, so if you were to speak to your younger self, would you warn yourself of something? If you could write a letter to your younger self, what would you say? Would you send any warnings, recommend any changes, or stop yourself from going into debt or into a relationship or... Uh, making a mistake that you made or looking back now did you do you think you know yeah I went into debt or yeah I got into that relationship or I made that mistake and uh, but I learned so much from it that I would do it all over again so um, what do you think I I I think I would warn myself there were some things that I would like to not have experienced that I don't feel um, changed my life in a really good way. Uh, I would like to say, you know, uh, go find this person and hang out with them, but don't hang out with these other people. You know, I would like to direct myself a little bit better. Um, I would like to make choices sooner, you know, uh, become a life coach sooner, uh, start this YouTube channel sooner, you know, all of these things that I wish I hadn't waited on or I had known about sooner. I think that's the direction that I would I would tell myself to do. So take those risks sooner. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. And judge people by their character and then 
don't include people in your life who have a poor character. Stick with those people who help you to improve yourself. So that's who, that's basically the letter I would write to myself. So what would you, what would you say? Uh, so this is the warning letter? It could be a warning if you feel that you needed to warn yourself away from something, or it could just be an advice letter. Uh, so what would you say? Well, I, I kind of said it already. So uh -huh. the advice would have been on December 9th, the safe route is to um, finish out your senior year, go back and do an internship in one of the law firms <laughs> that your family is all connected with, and then come back and start law school. And uh, th that that would have been that option. Mm -hmm. That would have been like the not risky advice. But here's the thing. I think you already knew that. How do you mean? I think you didn't need a letter to tell you that. Because this is why you know this. this you, you were headed in that direction. You knew that was your choice. And you chose the military anyway. So it was like maybe you got the inspiration from your future self. Or you just... Somehow knew already. Well, well, it's funny when people say when people ask the question why the military wants you to just go back to Santa Fe and be a lawyer and eventually have your own law firm and eventually become a judge because that was kind of the route, you know. Right. You became a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, a, a priest, or a politician. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and I the answer is I didn't want to. I used to say I didn't want to go back to Santa Fe, and that phrase is really a euphemism for. I wanted to experience a different kind of life. Mm -hmm. I wanted to experience something more than uh, what I thought Santa Fe had to offer me. Because Santa Fe, you know, Santa Fe for a lot of people is exciting. That's why they go to visit it. That's why they build their second houses there. Uh, that's why they retire there. Uh, but I didn't get a sense of, of excitement. If you were an artist or if you were a, a member of the old Spanish community and doctors, lawyers, you know, priests, etc., you had a good life, it wasn't a bad life, and maybe you could get away because you could afford to get away, but I didn't want to afford to get away. I mm -hmm. wanted to go do something else. That's just, that's an additional awareness, right? Because a lot of people, they grow up in their hometown, they have their family, they have their security, they, they don't look outside of that at all. Uh, they're maybe content, you could say, but maybe they're not content. Maybe they're just not aware that there could be more, aware of the possibilities. It sounds to me like you were aware that there were further possibilities out there. And I think maybe you were introduced to that when your father passed away and you were put into the boarding school and mm -hmm. you had all of those male role models, mm -hmm. all the Christian brothers and all of your uncles who were filling in for your dad but whereas your dad would have been one person with one point of view you now had say 10 to 15 men and all their points of view and all of their advice to grow up with and that gave you a wider field of possibilities in your thought processes you know i, I i'm too big for santa fe i'm a i'm a big fish mm -hmm. i don't want to go back to a small pond uh, i can do more you know, now that you mentioned that, I'm reminded of a story I had, a, 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 I was taught, of course, by Christian brothers, and one of them was named Brother Godfrey, and what was unique about him is he was tall enough to have been a professional basketball player. 
and he played a lot of basketball in his long robes. But uh, the Christian brothers were from Metairie, Louisiana, which is right right outside New Orleans. And they always talked about New Orleans with these, you know, they just loved New Orleans and the culture and the Cajun influence and the Algiers and, you know, the roughness on one side of the river and the, the beauty on the other, et cetera, et cetera. And they were always talking about it. And I remember uh, one, Brother Godfrey was talking about it, and uh, he, he was talking about uh, the upcoming... Um, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. And I raised my hand, and uh, they used to call you Mr. Mr. Eunice. Uh, I said, uh, Brother Godfrey, when are we going to get to see Mardi Gras? And he said, whenever you damn well please. <laughs> and three weeks later, I stole my uncle's motorcycle. Because <laughs> you damn well please right now. I did. <laughs> But had he had they not talked about that, that would not have been in your realm of thinking. No, and it was and, and it was my first big kind of in life adventure. And I met some. You've heard the stories. I met some really interesting people and had some really interesting moments. And when I came back, I knew everybody was going to be my mother, the brother Benjamin, the principal. Everybody was going to be mad at me. Um, and I thought I had lost my uncle's motorcycle in the process, uh, right, which, of course, didn't happen. Uh, but, and they were mad at me. Uh, but I grinned. All, they used to, the train station didn't go to Santa Fe. It used to go to uh, Lamy, mm -hmm. Lamy, as, um, as Santa Fans call it. They call it Lamy, but it's, it's French. It's pronounced Lamy. And uh, I smiled all the way home. Just a big grin on my face to myself. Didn't say a word, but I thought, I'm going to have to do that again sometime. <laughs> and thus your uh uh what was it uh, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission yeah, was born it's, better, it's, <laughs> it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission yeah yeah that was that was the the moment when you tested that theory yeah, and yeah. found it true. yeah i mean how much could they do to you they weren't going to throw me out of school uh my mother could only do so much in terms of being angry at me um uh, so, and I survived and you didn't that. Have to live with her, and you and, were in and that's right. <laughs> and I was in boarding school, and I watched the motorcycle being taken out of the the box car and rolled down, and waving at my uncle and him waving back, like you know, mm. he didn't quite give me the thumbs up. Mm -hmm. So you would tell yourself pretty much go with your gut, Betty. I I think I think there's a point at which you have to trust your gut now. That's combined with the fact that I've said often that uh, people who take risks fail more often than they succeed. So you have to overcome that sense of failure, learn from it. Like you said, you know mm -hmm. I was married three times. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'd think by the third time you'd say, you're not very good at this. You know, why do it a third time? And the answer is because we produced those three beautiful daughters. I mean, if I hadn't gotten married that third time, I wouldn't have those you know, Ryan Marie, Erica Ray, and Toby Renee. And, um, and so, you, you know, the risk paid off. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it was worth that if for no other reason. Uh, it was an ugly divorce, of course. Well, that'd be like telling a woman who had a miscarriage not to try again. Which is, you know, we don't do that. we've recently experienced in the family, right? right? I'm not, I'm not going to tell Ryan not to try and have a baby again. Right. I'm not going to do that. No, unless, you know, you're... You're close to dying if you get pregnant. Right. Then, if it was just a, a regular miscarriage, if nobody was injured in any way, right. then try again. Yeah. And 
with marriage, same thing. You know? Yeah, and all and, different. Each one's unique. And I get a sense that she's the kind of person that will. This is not. This is a, a minor setback in the grand scheme of things. And if she wants a third baby, then she's going to try for a third baby. Yeah. And a fourth and a fifth. And a <laughs> Who knows? And why what not? <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this. Who is the priority in your life? What if I think about my future self as more of a priority than me in this moment? What would I do then? I might eat healthy every day, exercise every day. I might build my business very conscientiously, uh, not waste any time. I might invest more fully in my relationships. I might save more money. What would you do if your future self was your priority? What would you do today that would be different if you thought about it that way. Um, I certainly think it would help me to stay uh, on a better path nutritionally, and I would be more conscientious about exercising. And it helps when I hang out with somebody who's 15 years older than me, and I see some of the health issues that he goes through, and it reminds me, that's why I need to take care of myself today. Um, you know, and you see people who are older than you, and you're thinking, I'm headed in that direction. You know, if you're smoking now, maybe think about giving that up because you don't want to have emphysema and, and lung cancer. You know, things that you need to give to yourself starting now so that it will affect you in the future. Uh, what are some things you can think of that you might do today that would help you to have a better tomorrow? Well... I would have ignored the physical therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't go back in time. <laughs> okay, all right. So starting today. So starting today, uh, uh, continue, uh, eat healthy. I learned about healthy eating from you. I do slip into like, okay, let me treat myself to this every mm -hmm. once in a while. Uh, but healthy eating, uh, the continued exercise, which has been off. And I think when, when I'm off like I am right now, um, uh, because of the knee injury, it just sets a whole bunch of other things, you know, it, it saddens me. You know, it, I don't want to say it depresses me because I'm not a, that kind of person. But, um, you know, it can affect my mental health. Sure. Uh, because it prevents me from doing a lot of other things. We're, you know, it prevents me from moving forward with the new projects. And it prevents me from, you know, I'm now, now I'm worried about whether or not we can enjoy our uh, vacation. Um, but I think... Uh, but I think what I've learned about life is that if you can look at life in the way that you're uh, describing it, that is, who are you going to be, who and what are you going to be in, in the future, uh, then it's a lot easier to make those decisions. One of the benefits, one of the, you know, one of the, I don't want to say it's a benefit because it sounds like I'm taking advantage, but uh, I have to go into the VA hospital regularly. And I end up sitting there next to a lot of other veterans who were in Vietnam about the same time because they wear the hats and things. Right. And I always ask them what unit they were with and mm -hmm. where they were located and things like that. And I'm always surprised to see uh, that they were there about the same time and that even more weirdly sometimes they're almost my age, mm -hmm. some of them younger, mm -hmm. um, but not many. I mean, I'm an old Vietnam veteran by, by a lot of comparisons. <coughs> and, um, and I see how much damage they've done. Uh, and it's not because they were wounded or injured. It's because of the decisions they made after they got back or they left the service. Um, uh, because you can make those decisions, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's kind of a good lesson to say, 
if you at some time stop making those decisions or, or you decide to give up making decisions that are in your best interest of your future, then it kind of all falls apart anyway mm-hmm. uh, because you don't see it. You don't see that future. And I think right. the key ingredient is to be able to envision a future for yourself. Right. You know, uh, I, I told you that uh, Adam, when I, when I finished out the loan for the house, mm-hmm. and he said, um, uh, well, I look forward to you paying off your 30-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. And Under 100? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and all I could say was, so do I. Yeah. You know, that would be, that's a nice, you know, envision yourself making the last payment on a 30-year mortgage at age 100. Yeah. That's, that's a, you know, hell of a vision. Sure. So, and owning the house completely and yeah. being able to die then and leave it to your family or whatever. <laughs> so. Well, and I think we can't stop planning for the future. You can't get to a certain age. Well, I'm 70 now and there's probably not another 30 years to go. We can't think like that. We need to think, what if there is? What if there is 30 more years? I don't want to be in a wheelchair and unable to hear and unable to communicate with people and I don't want to be laying in hospice bed. What do I want for my future? What, what can I visualize myself doing in 30 years? And then plan for it and work for it. Uh, when Toby was in his 40s and 50s, 30s, 40s and 50s, I believe, you oh, training from um, triathlons. triathlons. So that was a lot of work. And it has paid off mm-hmm. that you have lived a longer, healthier life because of it. I feel like I have. And, and one of the things about doing that kind of training is you never lose the taste for it, right? You're, you always want to be active um, and, uh, with things like your heart rate monitor telling you, you know, one of the best pieces of news I got was from my heart rate monitor guy who said, Oh, you're active seven to eight hours a day, you know? And I said, why is that important? He says, because most people who wear what you're wearing are active under two hours a day and it's a different in lifestyle mm-hmm. or Fitbit when it tells you that big kick that you get when there's oh. a party on your watch at yeah. 10,000 steps. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good day. Yeah. You know? That dopamine hit just from yeah. that little bit of, woohoo, yeah. you had 10,000 steps. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I think uh, that turns into a mindset and that you uh, realize the benefits of exercise and healthy diet. And um, you just try to carry it into the rest of your life. There's no reason not to, right? I want to see my, gr- um, my, my goal is to see my grandchildren graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can see those grandchildren graduate from college, that would be damn cool. Yeah. So. And if you can go up and down the steps to the bleachers without somebody having to help you, that'd be even better. <laughs> Just roll me up in the wheelchair right there, sweetheart. So we need to plan and prepare. When you plan for the week, the month, or the year ahead, and then you stick with that plan that you've made, you're giving your future self an amazing gift. What we can do in one year, however, pales in comparison to what we can do in ten So take a 10-year look. Think about yourself in 10 years. What does that person look like? What is that person doing with their life? And and what would they thank you for doing today so that they could get to where they are now? If you wanted to have the best bio ever, say you were going to come out and be a speaker in, in, in about five or 10 years, what would you want them to say about you? Uh, that would be really fantastic to hear and know that you've accomplished. And are you creating that for yourself right now? Right now, we are 
a bridge, right? From our past to our future, we're the bridge. I'm the bridge right now between my past self and my future self. My past self has given me so much, right? I have a wonderful uh, husband, uh, healthy, happy children who are grown, and one's married and one's in a committed relationship, and they're very happy about that. Uh, I have a good relationship with my mom, and I see her as, you know, several times a year. We spend time together. I just came back from visiting with her. Um, I'm in a good place mentally because I've been working really hard on uh, my mental health as well as my physical health over the past few years and uh, learning a lot about nutrition and exercise and really putting that to work. So um, all the things that I've been doing are preparing me for a bigger, brighter future. And when you plan and discipline yourself, you begin to realize that that's the hardest person you have to do it for, right? Uh, because if you promise somebody else you're going to do something, you pretty much do it. But if you promise yourself you're going to do something, well, nobody's holding me accountable. They're not going to know if I don't do it. Um, I promised myself I wouldn't have any ice cream this week, but nobody's going to know if I have a little ice cream. So when you can learn to be disciplined for yourself as a gift to yourself, you'll find that you have mastered that discipline to the degree that you can do the same for everyone else in your life from a kind, disciplined, wonderful place. Instead of being resentful for having to do things for people, um, you're going to feel good about it. And you're going to know um, what it is to have discipline, to uh, work your plan and to reach your goals. So here's my recommendations for you. Uh, write a letter to your younger self of 10, 20, or 30 years ago. Or if you want to go back as far as Toby did, when you know that there was a specific uh, pivotal moment in your life, write to yourself at that point in your life and give yourself some advice, you know, um, what to watch out for, what kind of decisions you hope that they make again because you enjoyed that so much, or uh, don't don't go you know don't go and marry this person because it's a disaster, or uh, you know just have a great life and enjoy every moment of it. That's also a good thing to tell yourself. Um, and then after you've done that, write a letter to your future self and explain all the gifts that you're working on so that the, your future self can enjoy that and ask for advice and support from that future self. So if you're in visualizing yourself in the, say, 10 years in the future, I've got this huge business and all these friends and I'm doing all these wonderful things, I want to ask myself, how did you get there? What did you do? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you talk to these people? Did you take this risk? Did you spend this money? I want to know. Um, what worked out and what didn't. Uh, so write a letter to your future self and ask those questions. What do you think? Um, I think if you just pick one year, one year from now, write your, the letter to yourself about what you're doing today uh -huh. that's going to make that w one year from now, what you're going to find out is uh, that A, it turned out a little bit better than you expected, and B, nothing you predicted happened. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because we're yeah. terrible at predicting our own lives mm -hmm. because we're in constant uh, motion and change, but it's kind of fun to do it. Um, 
And we get a I little taste of that on Facebook now and then when we get, oh, you did this two yeah, years ago, yeah, you did exactly. this one year ago. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think if you took every uh, significant moment in your life, you know, uh, sell the business, you, you decide to sell the business and retire, or you decide to buy a house, uh, you know, those kinds of things, and sat down and write that, wrote that letter one year from now, just one year, mm-hmm. try, try one year. Uh, it's amazing how different it, it's going to be. Uh, and ideally, it's better. You know, I think we're, I, I think we underestimate our potential. You know, yeah. if I were to write a letter today, uh, I, I'm my my knee is bothering me so much that it would be like this negative letter. You're going to be in a wheelchair. You know, <laughs> get ready for your damn wheelchair, Toby. Uh, but I know, I also know from experience that it just gets better. It just takes longer when you're older. Yeah. Uh, to get better, so. Yeah. Well. Uh, Vishen Lakhiani says that we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in three years. So take a three-year look uh, at where you think you might be able to get to, and uh, you probably have a good good chance of doing it if you stick with your plan every day and uh, work on those goals. Another thing you can do today to improve your future is reach out and join the Softer Side member vault at esofterside.com. Join our Facebook group, The Softer Side on Facebook. And we have a podcast available if you prefer to listen rather than watch the video. You can find that at Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And you can always write to me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. And guess what? I'm looking for 10 people to join me in a beta testing program. Uh, This is called Life by Design, and it's going to last for four weeks. And I hope that I will get at least 10 people who want to sign up. This is going to be free. Uh, What you'll receive by by signing up is a one-on-one life coaching uh, which will help you to achieve clarity in your goals and purpose, uh, help you to clear away procrastination, uh, give you thought management tools you can use in any situation, and help you to choose your future by planning what you're doing today. Okay? Um, this is free to the first 10 beta testers who sign up, and it starts September 16th when I get back from vacation. Uh, we're going to have a kickoff live video on Monday, September 16th, and that will go through October 19th, and you'll get four one-on-one coaching calls with me, and then we'll also have group coaching calls with as part of that. Uh, if you would like to apply, you can email me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com, or there's a link in the description box below that you can just click on, and it will take you to a landing page where you can just enter your information, and we'll get you started. And I hope that uh, you'll take advantage of that today to improve your future. Give yourself that gift. Uh, Give your future self that gift of signing up for that. Bam! Okay, for those of you who remember that we have this brilliant advisory mastermind, it is a monthly event and it's going to be coming up again on Tuesday, September 24th at 7 p.m. I want you to uh, make sure that you mark that on your calendar. If you have not 
gotten on my email list yet, make sure that you do. All you have to do is go to esofterside.com and sign up there and you can uh, access all that great information as well as being signed up for BAM. Or you can uh, click on that link below and be one of my beta testers and you will also be invited to BAM. Uh, so all you gotta do is just make sure you're on the email list. Live chat room, Q&A time. Oh, and I don't know if you know what BAM is. But I should have said that. But BAM is just a time when we all come together and just talk as peers, <coughs> friends. Uh, we give each other some space to talk, share about our lives. And, and, you know, we might give each other advice if that seems called for. Or we might just listen and support each other. So I hope that you'll uh, be a part of that. In the live chat room, I hope you'll answer this question. What are your challenges when it comes to giving your future self gifts of love through discipline? So are you having a hard time following through on your plans to get to the goals that you want to achieve for your future? Let us know in the chat room. And we're going to open up the phone lines as well so you can call in and we can discuss uh, how you're feeling about your future. So uh, let me go through the chat room. Yeah, uh, so Karen Warner from upstate New York. Hello, um, Karen. Karen, hi. I visited with them last week when they came back through town on their trip. I got that picture of you guys. Dinner at the range. We'll, we'll show tonight on tonight's show. And uh, M. Healy from Montana. Mike. Wayne Ross from Texas. Hi, Wayne. Um, Karen says, I've made my only decision since I was 16 since I was 16, were they all right? Probably not bad, but they were mine. That's right. Take ownership. That's good. Uh, uh, Mike's, uh, Wayne says, I made choices without regard for how they affected others. I could make those same choices today, but handle it a lot better with regard to others in my life. That's good to uh, keep that in mind. When we start to look back and say, you know, would I warn myself? What would I do differently? And like I said, I would take advantage of offers more quickly and, and start things sooner. And Wayne would um, be more aware of the people in his life when he made decisions. So uh, we can take that knowledge and that learning and use that going forward. And uh, in the future, if an opportunity comes up, I won't, you know, uh, be so dithery about it. I'll jump in. Uh, Karen says, how do you make yourself a priority when you think of everyone else first? Well, you have to give yourself that gift, right? Uh, you don't know where you're going to be in 10 years unless you plan where you're going to be in 10 years, unless you take care of the details to get yourself there. And the best, remember this, this is super important, the best gift you can give to those people you love is to be happy yourself, to take care of yourself so they don't have to take care of you, right? Um, when you take care of yourself and you're happy, they're happy. I know if my mom takes care of herself and she's healthy and she's happy, that makes me very happy. If my kids take care of themselves and they're healthy and they're happy. That's all I want, right? So if that's true for me, then must they not feel the same way? That if I take care of myself and I'm healthy and I'm happy and I'm enjoying my life, they're going to be happy for me. 
So if you want to make other people happy, take care of yourself first. So uh, my wife at the time read something, and uh, I came home from where I was coming home from, and um, she said, um, she said, I want to talk about priorities. And I said, great, let's talk about priorities. <laughs> she said, what are your priorities? I said, well, my priorities are in the context of the family, so it's my health, my business, and then the happiness of the family. And then that upset her. I don't want to say she got angry at it. She really didn't get angry. It upset her. And she said, As she was not expecting that answer. Right, right. Um, because she asked, why aren't we your priority? And I tried we're to... We're number three. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I tried to explain that without my health, I couldn't maintain my business. And without my business, I couldn't maintain the kind of lifestyle to which my family had become accustomed. Ah, eating and, and having a house. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I like that. And uh, so it sounded, you know, I, I don't know that she, I ever convinced her of the wisdom of that. And, and maybe I couldn't. But uh, even to this day, uh, in terms of where I'm at, it's my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what makes me happy? I know that sounds crazy, but... yeah. If doing a show with you it's on mental, Wednesdays and Fridays health. is mental health, that's right. What makes me happy, and then the happiness of my family mm-hmm. and you know my children and grandchildren. Now I bet if you had turned it around and said, I mean, you could even say this today. Uh, so Laura, if if you were to think of your son, or one of your sons, or one of your daughters, mm. and 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 what should their priorities be? Would you not choose for them to have as their top priority their own health? rather than their spouse's happiness, I think she would agree with you that Mm -hmm. that was the proper thing to do. (laughs) And she still does because she struggles with her health problems, you know, and she knows, she knows uh, the girls recognize that. And they're very, all very conscious of their health. You know, all of, all of them are very conscious of, of their health. I don't know if they think of it as the priority, but when, you know, little Toby is at spin class. She did, you were, were scheduled for spin class. She doesn't let anything get in the way of spin class because she knows that's what makes her, uh, what makes her, keeps her health. And then mm-hmm. she can have a great relationship uh, with Francis if that's what she wants. But in the meantime, she's got to hold down a job and be successful at that job. And so I don't know necessarily that if you were to say, what are your priorities? Um, as a matter of fact, I could almost predict that if you were to say, Ask any one of the girls, what are your priorities? The first thing they'd say is having a good time. You, you know, <laughs> well, that's life, right? Right. That's what you but you, doing. <laughs> but you, you look at it in the context of, well, could you have a good time if you weren't healthy and if you right. didn't have a good job? And you know yeah. that, and you weren't successful. You at your know job. right now what it's like not to be completely healthy. Yeah. You're in pain and you're unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you have a hard time fighting against it. Yeah. yeah there's nothing you can do about it. There's, there's a point at which if you injure yourself, it's going to take three to four weeks to heal yourself at this age. It wouldn't have taken me as long at a much younger age, but I have to accept that. And I have to make the best of it and just not kind of be angry out of it and, and uh, depressed. So I know this sounds like I'm falling <laughs> apart here. It's not that bad. It's just my, I injured a part of myself doing something that I thought was good. Yeah. And I injured a part of myself that I had never injured before. It wasn't injured before this, and now now it's injured. So that's what's so frustrating for me. So, so uh, the lines uh, are open, and 
We'll continue in the chat room. Wayne, Wayne says, I will shamelessly admit that I feel better and am happier now than at almost any other point in my life. Not that there aren't things that I wouldn't improve. I have plenty of goals, and that makes me happy. And I think that's a, a healthy perspective. I remember, and you guys have probably heard this story before, I was sitting with my um, my oldest daughter, Sean, who's now in her 40s, late 40s, uh, and a very talented artist. And, and um, she had just graduated from high school. We had literally just gotten, it was 11 o'clock at night, graduation, graduation party, pictures, the whole nine yards. And now everybody was gone, and the rest of the family was in bed, and she and I were up just talking. And she said... Uh, I'm really going to miss uh, high school and all my friends because she knew she was going off to college at the University of Virginia. And uh, she said, she said those, I think they were the best years of my life. And I corrected her. And I said, they were good years. But if the best years of your life are behind you, you have nothing to look forward to. So, uh, and the lesson that I wanted to share with her is that you have to assume and that you have to work towards the best years of your life being ahead of you, not behind you. And I think that's kind of what Wayne is trying to express is there was, we've, we've all had very good years. Uh, we've raised families, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're, uh, there are several of us in the room that I know and know that you have families that you've raised and, um, and uh, building businesses, et cetera, et cetera. But you always have to look at it from the perspective of the best years of my life are ahead of me. Uh, and now that doesn't mean that I'm not going to end up in a bed, you know, in a with a debilitating disease or something like that. But I have to look at it now like no matter how I feel today, no matter how much this damn knee is bothering me, the best years of my life are ahead of me and not behind me. And uh, that gives you a reason to get up in the morning and to go to bed at night with, you know, with a healthy and happy heart. Um, and it's a good lesson for all of us that, that the future is there for a reason. Um, if, if the future wasn't there to have a good future, then we wouldn't have a future. Would mm. no matter, nobody lives well, to make a future is what future. you make it. And yeah. if you want it to be good, you, you make it good. You know, if you want to be healthier in the future, you do what's important what you have to now to get there. If you want to have more money in the future, you do what you have to now to get there. Uh, you know, whatever your goals are, and it's important to have goals, as Wayne said, uh, gives us purpose and it gives us a direction to head for. And it gives us a reason to do the things that are not always pleasant, like exercising. You know, we have to find ways to trick ourselves into exercising. We have to find ways to trick ourselves into eating healthy, you know, uh, and, and being a, a, a good healthy weight. Uh, we have to, you know, do those little mind games or whatever it is we need to do in order to make that happen because it's not always fun. Uh, you know, but I, you know, it's on my calendar that I'm going to exercise and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. And the decision's already been made, so here I go. Um, and we have to force ourselves sometimes to do those things that are important to our health and to our happiness and to our future. Yeah? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought your, your birthday is coming up soon, so I've got to start thinking about a birthday present. Oh, that just popped into your head, huh? Well, it just popped into my head because I saw your... Uh, Pendant. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I thought, you know, it's getting that time of the year again. <laughs> Another month away. Yeah. Uh, anything else in the chat room? No. Uh, uh, 
Mike says you can't be feeling sorry for yourself, uh, or it will drag you down. Yeah, that's no, right. uh, that's it. It, uh, it, uh, a pity party, passion play. Exactly, <laughs> and nobody's going to do it. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see it, especially if you're not that kind of person to begin with. Uh, nobody's impressed by it, and it's not going to make you feel better. Just no, it's not. It's going to drag you down. It's because it's a cycle. Cycle, cycle, cycle. It's just a spiral down. Yeah. So I don't know if these gentlemen are still in the chat room. I'm on the Facebook room, but if you are, say hello. I want to say hello to Justin. Uh, hi, Justin. Uh, Sean Martinez, Aaron Mastriani, and Greg Jorgensen. Thanks for visiting our show and Facebook. No relatives today? Not today. Mm. But that's okay. It's okay. Thanks for being here today for all your great questions and comments. And I appreciate all of you considering being a part of my beta testing um, Life by Design program. And then again, that link is in the description box below. Just click on that, go there, and fill out the information, and we'll get you started. And for the softer side, I am your Life Transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free member vault for more great tips and ideas at esofterside.com.